How are you today? How are you feeling? Uh, I've got some great news for you today, but I want to ask you first, how are you feeling? Uh, personally, I've been feeling kind of weary and tired um, and just kind of overwhelmed with uh, maybe a lot of new decisions with life changing so much and hard things to follow, how, how to get through things. And then it seems like everyone's a little cynical and debating and arguing between themselves, and I can get into that too, and um, about masks and, and racism and economics and politics, and there's all kinds of things for people to argue about and be cynical about, and uh, I just kind of get into that mode myself. And, you know, um, the Paul Miller talks about why we are in that kind of cynicism. He says that we in the Western world, we knew had a great God. And so we got optimistic about everything that God could do. And God did a lot of great stuff. And then we, we kept that optimism, but it became a naive optimism when we shifted from how great God is to how great we are, how great the sun never sets on the British Empire. Well, they've kind of started a set now on the British Empire. And, but then America took over, and we were so great, and our technology was so great, and all... The science, which actually had developed out of a worldview because of God, we started thinking could solve things for us besides just explaining what God's creation was like. And he said, as a result, we had these great hopes, but they were based on faith in something that couldn't hold those hopes. And so then it disappointed us, and we became cynical. And the war to end all wars didn't end all wars. And things became worse. So... Um, in America, we've had uh, all these great campaigns. We've heard about how uh, you can, we, yes, we can, and a uh, thousand points of light, and make America great again, and all these things. And now it seems like campaigns are just becoming more and more cynical, like I won't be as bad as he is. Is that the best we can do? Well, the truth is we've lost, because our optimism was naive, we've lost that hope because our, we had great faith, but it became great faith in something else, not in, because honestly, science, technology, democracy, our economy, our whatever cannot be enough to really give us all that we need. Now, something similar happened to the people of Israel. The people of Israel hit a high point with David and Solomon when they were really following God, and their leaders were really following God, and they um, really had faith in God. And then they started having faith in other things, even faith in the temple, because God was supposed to be there, but it was actually faith in the temple and not in God. And so we as a church, we as Christians can have faith in things that are close to God, but not really God. And then we get cynical and we get deeply weary. And so in uh, Psalms, we've been looking in the Psalms, but let me pray before we go to this word. Lord, we pray that you would help us, you'd speak to us, and you would call out a response from us today as we look at your word, as we see what other people have prayed. We ask you to speak to us today. Amen. So, in Psalm 102, we see that uh, the people of Israel, they had followed other gods, they had gotten, they had followed the injustice, and we saw when we were looking at Habakkuk, because they had an injustice, God judged their injustice against the poor and the weak. And he brought Babylon and wiped out 
the nation and took them into exile. And now Psalm 102 is about this exile. And it's, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea. Don't turn away from me in my distress. Bend down to listen. He goes on. My heart is sick, withered like grass, and I have lost my appetite. Because of my groaning, I'm reduced to skin and bones. I'm like an owl in the desert. He goes on and on. I, I lie awake, lonely as a solitary bird on the roof. And he's talking about his difficulties. And the psalmist in Psalm, Psalm 103 is put just after that. So what we're really looking at today is Psalm 103. Now, Psalm 103 is different. The, the psalmist here, as uh, one of the commentators says, rousing himself to shake off his apathy and gloom by using his mind and his memory to kindle his emotions. So we've talked about bringing our hearts as they are and who we really are to God. But we also sometimes need to tell our emotions and our bodies and ourselves what, they need, what we need to do, what they should be doing. So he starts off, the typical translation is, praise Yahweh, O my soul. Praise the Lord, O my soul. He's telling himself. Now, O my soul is a bit of a mistranslation because it implies it's just some little part of me, but it's actually all of me. So I, that's why I like the NLT here saying, let all that I am praise the Lord, praise Yahweh. And I want, and Yahweh is a little bit, unfair, but it's God's name. It's not just God as some general thing. It's a specific personal God who had a relationship with the people of Israel and has a relationship with us. So praise, let all that I am praise Yahweh. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. May I never forget the good things he does for me. It's so easy for us to forget the good things or to forget that it's he is the one who does these good things for us. And to think that we or our nation or our church or some goodness about us has brought this goodness. But no, don't forget the good things he does for me. And you see, it says there are benefits. Don't forget the benefits. Forget not all his benefits. These are benefits that imply that you owe something because you were benefited. In this case, because it was Yahweh that gave it, you owe God praise for what he has done. And the truth is we have forgotten our purpose as people. What, what are we here for? What is all of creation here for? The truth is God created us to glorify him, all of creation to glorify him and to praise him. So if we get back to our purpose, we can stop being cynical and we can start doing what we were made for. And, but that takes recognizing who God is. So the main point of this psalm, write this one down. Praise God for his unfailing love. Praise Yahweh for his hesed. Hesed is the word in Greek. And in Hebrew, sorry. Hesed is a special word that's used over and over. Translated steadfast love, unfailing love. And it's that God's love. So this psalm is all about God's love. So he says, don't forget all the good things he does for me. There are seven things he lists here. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. Let me pause there a minute. God heals all your diseases. If you've ever been sick and got better, it's because God made you better. If you are not 
sick right now, it's because God has prevented all kinds of diseases that could be making you sick. Not only coronavirus and COVID-19, but there's all kinds of sickness that you could be having right now. But if you're not having any of those, it's because God has healed you. Now, the truth is, most of us don't believe that. We have kind of bought into this Enlightenment worldview that, you know, what's real and scientific and material is not connected to God because he's kind of, you know, religion and feelings and love. And, and uh, C.S. Lewis, um, talking to J.R. Tolkien, he said, all the important things to me were not the things that science had, and all these were cynical and boring. And in fact, even science now we're cynical about, and we're, we're, we're more and more things are not true. So anyway, Tolkien told him Christianity is a true myth. It's got all of that up there, but it's also true. Love is true. Love is not just a feeling. Love is not just something ethereal that can't be found by science. Love is God, and God is love, and God has given us all these benefits. One of them is that he heals all your diseases. He created your body, and he heals your diseases. And if you don't get coronavirus because of a vaccine or because of masks or because of something else, it will be because God healed you. Now, we should do what we can. We should mask, distance, not get together, do the, do the things that are wise, but we can't depend on those. If we start depending on those, we're going to get really cynical. And uh, we're going to, oh, because what about? And, uh, and then if we just start depending on something else for our freedom, and, oh, the government's going to take it away, well, then we'll get cynical too. We, there's lots of ways to get cynical, but there's one way to not get cynical, and that's to thank God and praise him for all of his benefits. So he forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death. He keeps me from dying is kind of what's being implied here, but with the... And it goes on and says, he crowns me with love and tender mercies. That's number four. So love, again, that hesed. But he redeems me from death. Let's go back to that. In the New Testament, we can see that there's actually resurrection. That The word redeems means that somebody, say somebody is bought into slavery. They're sold because they're so poor, they go into slavery. And then a kinsman, a kinsman redeemer comes and pays the debt. So that person is freed. So what we know from a New Testament perspective is that Jesus paid the price so that we could not die but be resurrected. We would die, but we would be resurrected because he paid the price with his own life to give us life. So there's a lot in there that only fully is revealed in the New Testament perspective of God redeeming us from death. He crowns me. Wow, what a crown. Love, hesed, and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. Have you noticed the good things in your life? It's so easy to look at all the bad things because our expectations are based on something and we think we should have something and forget that I ate today. Wow. And uh, so many good things. It says my youth is renewed like the eagles. Some of us are getting a little older and we can uh, get a little cynical. You know, when we were young, it seemed like there was lots of things to look forward to and new things and we were going to develop and we were going to graduate and we were going to do. And then, but he says, my youth is renewed like the eagles because God. Now, that just means that the eagles, they kind of shed their plumage and then had new plumage. So they looked like they were continually being renewed. It's not like they live forever. But my youth is renewed like the eagles and we don't have to get old and crotchety and cynical and we can have a renewed youth. So the first thing, praise God for his unfailing love. Why? Three reasons. The first one, 
Because he lovingly gives benefits. God's love gives benefits. The second one, God's love forgives. Now, so from here, talking about all these seven benefits, then he moves to something and he says, who is Yahweh? Who is this God? So this is, of course, a reason to praise God for who he is. The first thing he says is, Yahweh gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Now, we've been celebrating this um, year that God is the just king. He gives justice to those who are treated unfairly. And that is a great thing. And verse 19 finishes off, Yahweh has made the heavens his throne, and from there he rules everything. So again, we have the just king in this this, uh, section. But between those two sentences, he goes on and talks about God's lovingly forgives, and God's love is forever. So I'm going to, let's take the first one. God loves forgives. So he revealed his care. So he says, the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Verse 6. Then verse 7. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Yahweh is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. There's that unfailing love again. Let's look back at what he's referring to. You see, he's referring to Exodus 33 and 34. Do you remember when Moses said, let me know your ways in Exodus 33, 13, so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. So then God talks to him and finally says, okay, I'm going to reveal myself to you. He goes up in the mountain and 34, verse 5 says, then Yahweh came down in a cloud and stood there with him and he called out his own name, Yahweh. Yahweh passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, Yahweh, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Notice how the psalmist actually left off the word faithfulness because he wanted to focus on love. He wanted to focus on who Yahweh is. So Yahweh's character is a character of love. His ways are ways of love. And so he revealed that to Moses, and he's quoting that scripture here, and he goes on and explains it. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. Now, most of us like to remain angry forever. Somebody does something to us, we like, hang on to that. And, you know, remember that time? And, you know, those people, they... But God does not remain angry. Of course, you can't forget, forget, but he doesn't count it. He, he, he will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. He's a just God, so we deserve punishment. We only in the New Testament can understand how God can be just. As 1 John 1, 9 says, he can, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins because those punishments are put on Jesus, and Jesus bore those punishments. He doesn't deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the heights of the heaven above the earth. Now, you think you're pretty smart, and you know all this about astronomy, and now we know way more about how far that is. Like, we can't even see to the end of it with our best microscopes. That's a long ways. That's how big his love is. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. And again, that's an 
that's in the impossible distance. The east never meets the west. It just keeps going farther and farther away. So God's immeasurable love is like those impossible distances. It's that great. And then he makes a more intimate way to understand his love. Yahweh is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. So Yahweh is like a father, a good father who is tender and compassionate. So he moves from way out these incredible distances to real intimate family, if you know what a good father is like. So then he says, for he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. So the first problem we had that he talks about is our sin. And man, we see lots of other people's sins and our own sins, and that's a crushing thing. It's a real reason to be cynical. But God is forgiving and compassionate. Now, I want you to notice, and you're going to see this several times here. It's going to repeat about three or four times. Who is he forgiving to and compassionate to? It's to those who fear him and to those who are faithful to his covenant. You see, you can't just say, oh, well, I'm not even going to pay any attention to God, but, you know, he's going to forgive me, so no, no problem. I mean, Exodus 3, 4 also talks about that he doesn't leave the, the guilty unpunished. You can't just slough off God and just expect God to give you all these benefits without ever acknowledging him as your father, as, your, as the one who gives you these benefits. This benefit comes to those who fear him, who keep his covenant. So we want to be those people, and we are those people when we don't forget. Um, Waltner says this, forgetting and turning away from God begins when we no longer praise him. So easy to just start thinking about other things and focus on other things and forget his benefits and forget to praise him and what I do and what I say and what I think about and what I feel about. But there's so much to praise him for. So he goes on. So that the first problem was our sin. Another problem here is our death. We are not only a um, wandering family, a wayward family that needs a gentle father. We are also, human life is fading and we need a love that's forever. So he goes on. For God, God knows how weak we are. He remembers we're only dust. He made us out of dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone, as though we'd never been here. Now, we know that from Minnesota, pretty soon all these beautiful flowers are going to be gone. Um, but in this place where there wasn't enough rain, things would bloom because it rained, and then when the, when the sun came back out, they could be gone. So quickly the flowers fade, and our lives are like that. And that can, boy, that can make you cynical. That can make you feel like, what's the point? Life is, and then we die, as we say. Life is a, and then we die. He says, but the love of the Lord remains forever. The love of Yahweh remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. If we're faithful to his covenant and obey him, he's going to be faithful to us and to our children and our children's children and our children's children. It says a thousand generations in the passage we've quoted earlier. He's going to be faithful because his love is forever. I am for a moment. My life is fading. 
but his love is forever. That is a good reason not to be cynical. Not only that, but what isn't clear here, but is clear now, is even my life can be resurrected into forever with him because if I'm one who's fearing him and keeping his covenant. So um, I want to just tell you a, a little story from Dee Breston. Um, and she, she talks about how she and her husband were meditating on Psalm 103. They, did, they decided to memorize it so that when they woke up at night, they tended to wake each other up. They could, they could memorize it and they can talk to each other about it. Now, her husband got cancer. He was a doctor. And, um, and they were up a lot when, they, when he was having a hard time sleeping. And so she talks about how in the night they were talking about this. And they talked about what, you know, it says he heals all my diseases here. Is God going to heal this disease? And her husband, Steve, said, you know, I don't know if he's going to heal this disease in any ways. Maybe he's going to heal my disease in the resurrection. I don't know. He does heal all diseases for Christians, but sometimes it's in the resurrection. And then they got to this other part where it said that our lives are like grass and they disappear. And he said, you know, I might not be healed. My life might disappear as quickly as the grass. And so, they, so then she felt terrible um, about that, but she realized that, you know, the frailty of human life is like, like that. And that for us, she said, it's like sailing across the ocean. There's life, health, peace, and a great welcome for Steve, now that he's on the other side. But what about those who are left behind? She was grieved for how she was going to handle it and how the, her kids were going to handle it. And so they prayed into the next part about the steadfast love of the Lord being for the children and the children's children. And so he prayed that God would be a father to the fatherless, to his kids, and a defender of widows as he promised to be elsewhere. And then she goes on and tells the story of how sad it was when he died, but also how God provided, especially her daughters who weren't grown yet, with fathers, father-in-laws especially, and people who were caring for them. And then husbands and grandchildren in some miraculous ways that I'd, you, you might want to read about it yourself. Um, they had, ended up having four, four babies within a few months, four daughters, granddaughters. And so God is faithful, and I've seen that in others, friends of mine who, who maybe died earlier than expected, but God has been faithful to their children and their children's children. God and his love is forever. So I'm quickly passing. But God is forever. And his love to me and my children and my children's children is forever. To those who fear him and keep his covenant. Of course, if we don't fear him, if we don't keep his covenant, that promise doesn't apply. And our kids can choose to reject the covenant and not fear him. But God's love for us is forever. And then it ends again with this thing we already said. Yahweh has made his heavens, made the heavens his throne and from there, he rules over everything. Do you believe he rules over everything? Do you believe he's actually in charge of all of this? And then it ends, verse 20 to 22. talks about who should praise him. So we talked about why we should praise him. We gave three reasons why we should praise him. Because his love gives benefits, and he forgives, and it's forever. Now it talks about who should praise him. There's three categories here. It says it four times, but... Praise Yahweh, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise Yahweh, you armies of angels 
who serve him and do his will. Praise Yahweh, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise Yahweh. So all that I am, all that I am should be praising. I should be listening to that chorus of others who are singing and praising, and I should be tuning in, and all that my being should enter into my purpose to praise him. So a couple of cues on how you can do that. Just don't forget his benefits. Write them down. Last night I wrote down a lot of things, just little things that, uh, that uh, were really helpful. I, I tend to do that off and on, but I keep a list of things I'm thankful for. And if I don't do that, I tend to forget. And tell other people, instead of telling them what you think should happen with masks or what, something else, tell them about God's benefits that you notice. I noticed I got to pick fresh raspberries today that brings back great memories for me. And I saw some cards that my mom... And, and I, you know, I can just list all these things that God has been a benefit to me. So when I go for a run or a walk in uh, Como Park, I tend to uh, remember a little Sunday school ditty. So if you're going to memorize this and meditate on this scripture, one other great way to do it is to find some of the songs that are written from this scripture. Um, and so here's a little Sunday school ditty that's probably taken from this psalm. And it goes like this. As I'm running, I sing this. The birds upon the treetops sing their song. The angels join the chorus all day long. The flowers in the garden blend their hue. So why shouldn't I, why shouldn't you praise him too? I think you should. Why not? And I'm going to sing one more song together with some friends. Here we go. Praise. 